Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Join me now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. What's it like to pastor the largest church in a country that has waged heavy religious persecution? Sri Lanka has suffered through a brutal civil war over the last three decades. Persecution has increased dramatically since the 1990s, and religious extremists have criminalized Christian conversions. How has the church continued to grow in spite of such threats, such harassments, even burnings. Our guest is here to tell us, and you'll hear his remarkable story of God's amazing grace and power. We're here at the Good Life Hawaii radio show because we want to lead you to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, That's uh, pretty simple and clear, that you would come to know Jesus personally, that you could put your trust in him, he who died for you for your sins and mine, and shed his precious blood on the cross over 2,010 years ago. And he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. And and today, right here in the 21st century, in our lives today, Christ Jesus is and continues to and will make a difference in your life. Would you open your heart to Jesus and receive him as your personal Lord and Savior? And my dear sister or brother in Christ, if you're walking with the Lord, perhaps today is a day when you need to be inspired by him. And we believe that you will through the testimony of our guest. Pastor Deshaun Wikra Maratni is the senior pastor of People's Church Assembly of God, And he is also the chairman of Assemblies of God of Ceylon, Sri Lanka. People's Church is a vibrant, purpose-driven church that was founded by his father, Dr. Colton Wikra Maratni, in Colombo, Sri Lanka. Uh, They have missionary works uh, in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Lebanon, reaching out to Sri Lankans. Uh, The church ministers to over 8,000 people weekly in Sri Lanka alone. And People's Church Assembly of God is a church that believes in missions. So they've given birth to over 60 home mission churches. They've also planted a church in Gulu, Uganda, Lucknow, India, and have missionaries working in Assam and Jammu, India. Uh, They sent a couple of teams to assist in the planting of London Family Center in the United Kingdom. 
They also have a team working in the newest and one of the poorest countries in the world, East Timor. Uh, the People's Church uh, is also a cell-based church. They have over 1,200 home cell groups at this particular time. And their monthly miracle rallies bring in many people, bring many people to the Lord as they experience miracles, healings, and salvations. Uh, Pastor Deshaun's burning desire is to provide a means for every individual in the nation to hear at least once the good news of Jesus Christ in a land that is not even 1% born again. He's been a special guest on Saddleback's Civil Forum on the Persecuted Church, moderated by Dr. Rick Warren. Pastor Deshaun and Jayani, his dear wife, are blessed with two daughters, Shayara Delani and their son, Rajiv. This is a pre-recorded interview with Pastor Deshaun. Uh, here, listen to our time together and be blessed. Why not be on television? I mean, you have the largest church in Sri Lanka. Uh, and I'm sure people have told you, asked you, hoped that you would be on TV. What, what, what did you say? Well, um, you know, when I watch television and I see people watching, in, in like in Sri Lanka, where they see a Christian church service or they will always switch and say that's for the Christians. Now, I know some people can watch a Christian program and get saved. I'm not saying no. But generally, I felt like, you know, most of the Christians will watch me again. And, you know, anyways, because our church is large, a lot of them do come to our church. Then the Lord gave me this idea and he said, become the friend of the non-Christian. And I thought, wow, what can I do? Because in my heart, you know, I'm really an evangelist. I want mm -hmm. to reach the lost. I'm in a country that is 2% um, Christian, which is about less than 1% really born again, people who know Christ. So God said, uh, become the friend of the non-Christian. So um, I was inspired, actually, by the Think a Minute show here by Jan Hurst. Mm -hmm. And um, I was looking for ideas, and God had already spoken to me. So when Jan met me, he said, hey, take my stuff, use it, whatever. And he really helped me. So I started Think a Minute with Dishan Vikramaratna on secular radio, just... Um, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, just a minute. If you want, I can give you an example. You know, the the theme goes, and then it goes, think a minute with Dishan Vikramaratna, it could change everything. And then I would come on and say something like, uh, some people try to trace their family back 300 years, but they don't know where their kids were last night. Someone said, if you go fishing with your children when they are young, you wouldn't have to go hunting for them when they are older. Dr. Christian Barnard, the first guy to do the heart transplant, was so busy mending the hearts of everybody else, he lost the hearts of his own family. Are you doing what's urgent while neglecting what is important? Are you sacrificing your family for success and fame? Just think a minute. And then I'd have a sign-off that'll say, um, this is Dishan signing off for today. Think today for a better tomorrow. After all, today was yesterday's tomorrow. And, uh, you know, this has really caught on because everybody listens and I try to give a, uh, just a, a word, you know. You see, a lot of non-Christians don't have a message every week. They don't get advice. They don't have marriage counseling before they get married. And uh, this is my small way of contributing to our society with using the morals that I have learned through God's word, but bringing it out 
in a way, I would say pre-evangelism. Yes. Now, actually, the the mobile company has taken it on, and they want a daily text. So they were charging people, and because the radio was already there, they sent out text. And text is, you know, I get only 160 characters with spaces. So I would say something like, um, attitudes are like baby diapers. If you don't change them periodically, they begin to stink. Just think mm-hmm. a minute. Little things, you know, and uh, we Christians take a lot for granted. You know, we have great sermons, great things, and uh, but a lot, lot of people out there don't. So um, the first day they put it out, 10,000 people signed up, and now it's about 100,000. So in a small island that speaks limited English, you know, it was a, it's a good thing. So so that was the becoming the friend, and now people, uh, a lot of them don't know who I am or as a pastor or a Christian. Or so whatever. they don't even know no. your... A lot of them don't. Of course, it's a bit like Hawaii, a little bigger, but uh, it's an island. So some do, and they don't care. But most just know this Dishan Vikramana. So one day when I do come, right, and I'm waiting for that day, it's coming, and I say, this is what really makes me tick. And I talk about the love of God. They're not going to turn me off like they would if I just had a Christian show. So, uh, uh, you know, that's what we're doing with that. It's incredible. I mean, you're, you're a doer. God speaks to you, you do it. And you hear him so clearly. You communicate so clearly and powerfully. Take us back. You mentioned Sri Lanka, an island a little bigger than Hawaii. Take us back to your growing up years. What was it like growing up in Sri Lanka? Okay, you know, Sri Lanka is an island. It's on the southern tip of India. You know, everybody knows India, so, but it's below India. North-south is about 270 miles. East-west is about 150. And uh, in this little island, we have about almost 21, 22 million people. Um, Sri Lanka was actually known for Ceylon tea. Ceylon was the British name we had. And I must tell you on radio that it's the best tea in the world. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't, you haven't drunk Ceylon tea. You haven't drunk tea at all. Okay, <laughs> but um, but Sri Lanka lately was known for the best form of terrorism in the world. For almost thirty years, we had terrorist group. Almost unofficial figures say about a hundred thousand people were killed. And because we are a small country, it's not known outside too much. But uh, just three years ago, this May, it'll be three years, since the guns finally were silenced, stopped, bloodshed stopped. So we've had this terrorist civil war for a long time and grown in that. My background is, um, you know, it's a Buddhist nation, 70% Buddhist, maybe 15 Hindu. Uh, seven, now it's growing to about nine, is a, uh, seven or nine is Muslim. And then we have about 5% Catholics and 2% Protestants. And like I said, I would say not even 1% that really follow Christ are born again. So um, my grandfather actually was a lay preacher. He was a lay Baptist preacher. And then along the line, he really had an encounter with God. And then he became, uh, that's how he became a lay preacher. He was a customs officer till then. Then my father followed in his footsteps, and my father became one of the pioneer pastors who really worked on, on uh, you know, sharing God's word and living a life of faith and an incredible life that it take me all day to 
explain. I'm holding his book in my hand. Colton Wickra Maratney, My Adventure in Faith, How One Man Dared to Trust God for the Impossible. And the Ford is written by David Yonggi Cho and Rick Warren. Yes. Uh, what a book. Um, let's, let's go from here. Okay. Since we, we're talking about your father. This may be rhetorical, but who would you say influenced you most in your growing up years? Well, I have a, two or three people, but my father definitely the most. You know, living in the house with him, watching him outside of the platform and the stage. Um, he lived a life of faith. I must mention, uh, my father is, is known for a man of faith and walking, but my mother is not. But my mom... Uh, was probably the greatest influence in my father's life and our lives. Mm. She was a quiet lady who just lived simple faith, trusted God, no frills, no fancies, um, would get in my father's face and, and, and ours for sure, saying, don't get too big for your boots. Know who you are. Kept us humble. And uh, my father's biggest strength was her. She passed away uh, four years ago. But... Um, my father was a great influence because he lived what he talked. So faith was the main thing. You know, we've grown up uh, knowing that God works. You know, you come from a country, uh, later on share with you a bit of what's going on now, but it's not easy to be a Christian. <clears throat> right now. That's Pastor Deshaun Wickra Maratni. He's the senior pastor of People's Church Assembly of God. It's the, the largest church in... Um, Sri Lanka, and we had a a unique moment. Uh, one of those times when when the Lord opens up the door and enables enables me to to sit with one of the great leaders of uh, the Christian Church today. He's an international communicator. He travels widely, and he was recently here in Hawaii. And we had a heart-to-heart -heart talk. We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, as you can already tell, oh, he is so engaging. Virtually everything he says has, has some meaning, some lesson, and it's inspiring. You know, I appreciate inspiration because life can be rough sometimes. And it can become a... We can fall into a drudgery. But man, when we hear... The Deshaun Wickra Moratnis of the day. Praise the Lord. We get lifted up. And that's why we're here, the Good Life Hawaii. Stay with us. We'll be back with more. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me, I lead you home. Hi. This is Danny Yamashiro. A police officer found a girl crying on the sidewalk one day. What's wrong, he asked. I'm lost, she said. Do you have your parents' phone number, he asked. No, she said. What about your address? No, she began to sob. Suddenly, she stopped, and her eyes brightened. What happened, the officer asked. I remember, she said. There's a church near my house. And at the top of the church, there's a cross. 
Take me to the cross. Take me to the cross. Because when I see the cross, I'll be able to find my way home. My friend, if you feel like you've lost your way, turn to the cross. The cross of Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Will you turn to Jesus? Open your heart to Him and find your way home to God. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Danny Yamashiro here. It's a blessing that you're with us today. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Hear what the Lord may say to you. Please enjoy. I recently had a, an opportunity with uh, one of the great uh, Christian world leaders. His name is Pastor Deshaun Wikra Maratne from Sri Lanka. And we had a nice, meaningful, heart-to-heart moment. And I thought, gosh, we've got to share this with our dear listeners. Of course, when you're listening to it, you're listening... It's almost like you get to eavesdrop on a conversation. And with that, there is something unique that I believe the Lord has for you as you're listening right where you are in your life today. So you're listening to the Good Life Hawaii radio show. I'm Danny Yamashiro with Deshaun Wikra Maratni. To find out more about this program, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com. You can get the free podcast if you're tuning in right now. And to find out more about Pastor Deshaun, visit peopleschurch.lk. That's one word, peopleschurch.lk. Now, back to our pre-recorded interview, our time with Pastor Deshaun Wikra Maratne. So faith was the main thing. You know, we've grown up knowing that God works. You know, you come from a country... Uh, later on, share with you a bit of what's going on now. But it's not easy to be a Christian. <clears throat> right now, we're going through major persecution. But when you see people live by what they believe and see God really alive and well, um, it's worth living for. It's actually worth dying for mm. because it's real. So my, my grandmother was dead. After prayer, she came back to life. I've seen miracles all my life. I see miracles even now every week in my ministry. People getting healed. I've seen cancers come out of people's mouth. You know, this is real. I would tell you, I was a rebellious kid. I was playing rugby. I played rugby for many years. And I didn't want to do anything with church. I'll tell you, one of the main reasons was because I saw what my mother and father went through in the early stage of ministry. You see, we had nothing. They started a church. God called them. They left their church in Candy, which is in the hill country, came to Colombo, the big city, without a cent, just trusting God. And um, when we started the church, just to keep alive, we had to run a chicken farm, about 100, 150 layers, hens that laid eggs. So my two older brothers, uh, they would, with me, I was the young, you know, the small one, but they would clean the cages, we would put the food in, we would take the eggs, and then go to school. 
and the church struggled through. In December, to have any special programs, we would uh, take all the layers, because by that time their laying was done, we would um, cut them ourselves, put them in hot water, pull the feathers out, clean the insides, packet them, sell them for any Christmas event. I didn't even like going to church Christmas time because everybody wore new clothes. We never had anything new. But my father trusted God. We were happy in our home even without new clothes. You know, we, we, we saw the reality of Christ. And uh, as the church began to grow, we didn't need the chicken farm, God began to bless. People started to say, hey, Colton is milking the poor. He's taking their money. And they made stories. And finally, they even said he has a swimming pool on his roof. I wish that was true. We never did. <laughs> but um, so I decided I'll never go into the ministry. Because, you know, I'm not going to go. I don't want to go through all that. So I told the Lord, he said, I'll never go into ministry. But when you tell the Lord something like that, you always have to say, but. Mm-hmm. I said, but if you do call me, I'm not going by feeling. You need to call me specifically. If you speak to me specifically, I will do it. So um, shall I go on on this? Please. How, how did that happen? Okay, so then I was a rugby player, right? And I was playing rugby and I loved rugby. And you know, Sri Lankans, we are not good in the world stage because our stature is small, but we do love our rugby. Cricket is number one. Sri Lanka and cricket is, is, is good. Sri Lanka is a great cricketing country. Mm. But uh, rugby is well-loved sport too. So, um, I mean, I would eat, drink, sleep rugby. I, I went to school just to play rugby, not to study. And um, because I told the Lord, if you call me, call me specifically. I was about 17 and I was uh, leading the worship in the evening service. It was a special meeting. They had a foreign speaker from the States. The place was packed out because uh, there was no room. All seats gone because it was a special speaker. So I was sitting on stage and my, my dad and the speaker, well, two chairs actually, the speaker and dad sat. I led worship. He didn't know I was the pastor's son. And I was so nervous, first time leading, I'd say, and the next song is, and then I'd say, and the next song is, you know. <laughs> and as I was done, I wanted to run and take a seat, but there mm-hmm. was no seats. Mm-hmm. So my father came to introduce the speaker, I sat on his seat. And then when the speaker came, my dad sat on the other seat, and I was on stage. So he began to speak, and suddenly he was giving words of knowledge. And he said, you there, stand up, and he'd say something, you there. And suddenly he turned to the stage, and he said, young man, you stand up. So I stood up. And he said, God has called you. The mantle has fallen upon you. God is going to use you. Thousands of people are all good stuff about me. But you must understand, I was a rugby player. I was a rebellious one. I'm standing there thinking, how can this guy tell me what God's calling me? You know, why is God speaking through this white man? Why can't he tell me directly? Right? And and in my mind. Suddenly he says, son, you have doubt in your mind. And he begins to say what I'm thinking. I'm even afraid to think now. Hmm. And then he raises his hand and says, God's going to anoint you to seal this. And I was just hopping up and down the stage. I was so scared. I was not going to do that. I was speaking in the unknown tongue. I, I mean, amazing stuff was happening. I was just, uh, you know, this is long before the laughing revivals and all came mm-hmm. in the 70s. I was laughing. And I knew it was God. You see, I say that to let you know, I knew that I was called beyond a doubt. And uh, that's what really pushed me into the ministry. Uh, what a what a beginning, what a dramatic uh, beginning. Yes. But embedded with uh, the integrity of your heart, you knew where you were, 
what you had experienced and why you were that way with rugby and your focus. And your prayer was clear mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yes. Lord, and, and you were big enough to say, but. Big enough knowing mm-hmm. how much bigger God actually is uh, when it comes to the calling of God on our lives. How did God, from that point, Pastor, how did God prepare you for the ministry that you have today? Okay, so when that happened, right, you'd expect me the next day to get up and go do it. Well, the next day I got up and I continued to play rugby. I went back. I knew God called me, but, you know, I was thrilled and I forgot about it. I played rugby. I played nonstop and I loved it. And then what happened was I suddenly my right shoulder dislocated. With the pain, I learned how to put it back in place. I continued to play. Three months later, my left shoulder dislocated. I learned how to put that back in. I was not that good now because I was playing with a lot of fear, but I just played. Then I busted my left knee. I was in a cast right from my thigh right down. When they cut the cast, my left leg was smaller than my right leg. I waited that whole season, gained 20 pounds, which I never lost, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I continued to play. Then my ankles gave in, still played. I finally was going for a touchdown, and I hit my head, and I got concussion. I lost my memory. They asked me, showed me fingers. I said three, four. They sent me back in. I scored a touchdown, and I still continued to play, and I didn't know I had scored a touchdown because I lost my memory. And I read the paper and I saw my name and I knew what had happened. But then my mom came to me that night. You see, my mother is a very quiet person. And she came to me and she said, if you don't do what God has for you to do, at least now, the next injury will be your neck. Hmm. Right? Now, she's a quiet person. But when my mom speaks in that tone, it's stronger than when God speaks. So (laughs) I decided, hey, I was going to go. Uh, Pastor Roy Sapp used to pastor First Assembly, and um, he is a good friend of my father's, family friend. He, he, he really saw my struggles. I didn't want to do anything, but I decided to go to discipleship school. But I wanted to be a television, radio producer for God. I wanted to be in media. I didn't want to be a pastor. I still, you know, I'm fighting this because of what I'd seen. So he, you know, Pastor Roy Sapp is a very uh, wise man. He came and told me, Dishan, you come to Hawaii. You come, and I have a a, a discipleship program. You know, we have television production. So that caught my attention. I said, okay, you have television production, I'll come. So 1981, I packed my bags, and I came to Honolulu. I come to Honolulu, and um, I'm put in this program called Acts 29, Discipleship. Um, So I was okay, because I'm going to do television, right, and radio. I come there, and here I am. Um, they they uh, get me up at 6 o'clock. you got to exercise. You come back. you got to cook your own food. Then you have to do this. Then you do that. Then you do some studies. Then you... You'll be amazed to hear <laughs> the, the rigor of this discipleship program from morning to night. Well, Pastor Deshaun goes into great detail about it, but it was a kind of foundation that God was building into him that was going to be used to to carry his ministry, uh, to minister to people all over the world. 
uh, right from Sri Lanka. You know, the quality of leadership and the character of leaders doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes we live in this microwave society. We want things fast. When we come back, you'll hear more from Pastor Deshaun Wikra Maratni talking about his earlier years in ministry and how important they were in building his foundation of leadership, vision, implementation, and care. Pastor, remember? Nurturing, caring for, oh, caring for. You know, the Lord wants to care for you, to be your pastor, your shepherd, Jesus Christ, the great shepherd. He's speaking about one of his great servants, Deshaun Wikra Marani. Stay with us. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me, I lead you home. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE, and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. It's a blessing that you're with us today. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Hear what the Lord may say to you. Please enjoy. Pastor Deshaun Wickrop-Maratni was given an opportunity to be in Hawaii from Sri Lanka. And it was a hard thing, a hard process of discipleship that he went through, but it galvanized him as a leader and the leader that God was molding him to be. You're listening to the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show. I'm Danny Yamashiro. My featured guest today is... Pastor Deshaun Wickram Maratni, this is a pre-recorded interview, a heart-to-heart time of sharing. If you want to get this show, go to thegoodlifehawaii.com if you're tuning in right now. And by the way, as we expand our program across the country and in different parts of the world through our media outlets, would you stand with us and hold hands, partner with us with your prayers and your financial support? If so, Go to thegoodlifehawaii.com, click the Partners tab to find out how to be a, a Good Life partner. And now here's more with Pastor Deshaun Wikra Maratne. Um, they they uh, get me up at 6 o'clock. you got to exercise. You come back. you got to cook your own food. Then you have to do this. Then you do that. Then you do some studies. Then you 
have your classes. Then at one o'clock, no lunch, force fast. Then you go to the church and you work from morning till evening. Then you come back and you cook your dinner. Then you eat dinner. Then you study your homework. Then at nine o'clock, you get up and go and clean uh, Christian Academy, three-storied big building. You dust mop, wet mop, uh, take the garbage out. It's past midnight when we are done. Only six of us, three gals and three guys. And we do this every day. On Sunday, it's even worse because they pull all the chairs for classrooms and we got to put the chairs. We come home on two in the morning. And I say, what am I doing here? Every time I thought I should quit, I knew this is the best thing happening to me. You see, God was taking me, breaking me, and remaking me. So um, the discipleship was getting in, and I, I, I was coming through, and um, that became the, the, the start and the, and, the, and the best year of my life. Interesting, the, the, the real foundation of the disciplines of a worldwide impact was uh, started here Amen. in Hawaii. Exactly. You have very close relationships with some of our key leaders. Yes. Here in these islands. How did the Lord take you from that point? A solid foundation, something you can really pinpoint, and then grow you as a pastor. I learned many lessons here, right? I, I learned to listen to the voice of God. I was... Um, those, those days, First Assembly was in Luna Lillo Street, and the, we had to have five services. And um, we used to be early morning. This service, you're driving vans. Next service, you're in the bookshop. Next service, you're doing... You know, it was by the 3 o'clock service. It was 7, I think, 739, 11, 15, 3, and 6. I mean, it was a whole... By the, by the 3 o'clock service, you know, nobody, you know, much to come... Uh, I had to play bass. I could barely, I'm not a good musician, but I could manage. I played bass because nobody wanted to come for three o'clock service, right? And then we would go to the audience and while the sermon goes, we'd sleep because we are so tired. In the front row, you know, X-29 is knocked out, right? <laughs> and um, what happened was, one day I was playing bass and the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to speak. I'd never preached in my life. And Pastor Sapp had spoken the first three services and you know, he was there, he was sitting. Second time I heard the Lord say, you're going to speak, get ready. And I, there's nothing to get ready because I, I, I've never preached. A little later I saw Pastor Sab get up and go. And then um, his assistant, Martha Lyons, comes up and says, Pastor Sap is sick. His voice is gone. He wants you to speak. I'm in T-shirt and I think jeans, right? And that time, you know, they wore nice suits. And, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, I just went onto the platform and I wept because I didn't know what else to do. But I wept because I heard God tell me you're going to speak. Then I shared that with the people. I didn't have a great sermon, but I'll tell you, man, people were weeping. The presence of God was there. And so I have a lot of firsts like that in Hawaii. You know, the first time God showed me something to tell somebody else. But the one thing I would say for this, just today is, um, about six months or four, maybe five, six months into the program, of this one year, Acts 29, I was um, doing my work in the church. And um, I be before that, I began to think about in, in when the year is up, I'll go home. And when I go home, I thought, oh, wow, you know, I've come. I'm Colton's son. Uh, I've studied in the States. You know, I'll be associate pastor. 
And then I began to think about, you know, what will I be doing, man? They'll ask me to preach. I'll get the proper introduction, good joke or story, three points, bring a great conclusion, you know. I've been taught everything. They, I mean, they taught us. One, I remember one, um, Heidi Baker came and she uh, was young, married to uh, her husband, Roland, and Roland and Heidi were, you know, they're, they're not the big ministry they are now. And Heidi used to teach us drama. And actually, and I, we were totally overworked, you know. So she, in the drama class, she'll say, okay, now all of you relax, lay back, imagine you're by the beach, and this breeze is blowing. And, you know, she's trying to make us relax. And Heidi didn't realize in two and a half minutes all of us were sleeping because we were so tired. Exhausted. She didn't have to go through all that. So we were taught a lot of things. We were taught how to color coordinate, you know, how you, even your leathers and all kinds. I said, man, you know, I know what to do. I'm going to go back. I know what to say, what not to say. And as I began to think of ministry and the show of ministry and the impression, impression I can make with my messages, a sick feeling came up within me. And I realized, here I am going into ministry, but I really couldn't care less about a soul. I'd preach about people not knowing the gospel and going to hell, but I didn't care. What do I care? I'm just looking at how I'm going to be good. I'm going to get better. How my career in the ministry is going to be that. And the sick feeling was so sick, I told God, I'm going to quit. I said, if this is what ministry, and if I don't have a burden, I said, I don't want to do this. So I said, Lord, I'm going to give you one week. If I don't feel for people the way I should and have a burden, I'll go to Sri Lanka. I'm going to do a great job. I'll be a good, successful man, and I will support the ministry, but I'm not going to do it. But you know me, I prayed, and then I forget about it. So I forgot. Four or five days later, I get a letter from home. And this letter says, hey, um, a friend of mine, she writes and she says, you know, everything that's going on. And in the middle, she says, remember Adrian. And I remembered Adrian. When I was playing rugby, Adrian was opposite me. He played for a rival school. Adrian was the fastest guy in the 100-meter dash. Uh, I mean, we would plan how to you know, kick the ball up and let him have it so he wouldn't run because if he runs, it's dangerous. Adrian was the only child of his parents. When we came on push bicycles, normal bicycles, Adrian came on a motorcycle. All the good-looking girls were with Adrian. So I knew Adrian, right? And um, it said last night, at 19 years, Adrian drowned. And it hit me. Five years I had known Adrian. I never thought of sharing Jesus with him because, you know, I looked at the glamour side of him and I didn't really care. And they had gone to a lake in Sri Lanka, a bunch of uh, friends in a boat, and Adrian's a good swimmer. So for fun, they pushed him in the water and the boat took off. When the boat came along, Adrian was being sucked in by the mud. Mm. And my other friend put his hand out and reached out and um, took Adrian's hand and it was raining, it was dark and the hands were slipping. Adrian looked at my friend and said, please don't let go. I don't want to die. And the hand slipped and Adrian drowned. And I, man, I began to cry because I realized I'd never shared once with Adrian because I really didn't care. I wanted the show of ministry. I wanted to do the impressive part. I cried that whole week. I've cried for months. Even here in the studio telling you the story, tears come to my eyes because mm -hmm. you know why? The only reason I'm in ministry is because I missed Adrian. I promise God that I will not miss anybody else if I can help it.
You see, if there is no compassion, there is no ministry. Compassion is not just feeling sorry for somebody. You see, a lot of the times we feel sorry for somebody. Somebody is in need and you can feel sorry till you're blue in the face. It doesn't do that person any good. But you see, the, the, the Webster's Dictionary says, you know, I'm not a Greek and Hebrew scholar, so I use Webster. <laughs> the Webster's Dictionary says that compassion is to feel for one's need and to do something to eliminate that need. And I think we as Christians, not just pastors, anybody as Christians, we need to have compassion. You know, we need to have the heart. Matthew 9, 36, 37, 38. You know, we know, we know Matthew 9, 37, 38. The harvest is plenteous, the laborers are few. Pray, you know, and that's a great missions verse. But, you know, sometimes we're trying to go to the harvest and get laborers without the qualification, which comes in Matthew 9, 36. In Matthew 9, 36, it says, When he saw the crowds, like sheep without a shepherd, harassed and helpless, he had compassion on them. So I would say one of the, you're asking me how I got in, what really turned me around, got me into ministry, it's compassion. You know, I tell God every day, I want to be somebody who will never stop feeling. So my decisions on how I live, how I, I'm blessed, how I want to portray my image, you know, everything is looked through the glass that I can touch somebody's life because they are crying. In Isaiah 41, it says, when the poor and needy cry out, they are thirsty, they are parched, I, the Lord, will answer them. Pastor Deshaun Wickrob Maradney, uh, a very uh, heart-wrenching story of how he became a compassionate man, loving people, and his ministry has been used by God to reach many with the love of Christ. But when we come back from our break, uh, more with Pastor Deshaun, it's uh, moments like these that we have uh, a rare opportunity to hear, to see, to feel, to sense what goes on in the heart of someone that God is using in a, in a very large way, magnanimous, precisely because God has called him and he has responded. And it could be the same for you. You know that God has called you to specific things uh, for a purpose. Just like Pastor Deshaun took steps of faith, you and I, let's take steps of faith. Okay, stay with us. The road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me, I lead you home. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. 
Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. It's a blessing that you're with us today. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Hear what the Lord may say to you. Please enjoy. In Isaiah 41, it says, When the poor and needy cry out, they are thirsty, they are parched, I, the Lord, will answer them. So, you know, it's not a case of me building my ministry and my uh, uh, achieving my goals and getting measuring up to what I think I should do this year or the next five years. I think the poor and needy are crying out. And God says, I will answer. I will put springs and let rivers flow. And then he says, I will plant the acacia, the myrtle, the pine, and these trees. You know, we are the planting of the Lord. And, and sometimes we forget it. We get caught up in the, in the comparison. Hey, man, Danny has that big church. You know, I need to get bigger than him. And, and you know, he's doing this. Maybe I should try that. And, and I'm not trying that so that I can touch more people. I'm trying that so I can beat him. And I think if we have more compassion, the qualification for ministry, I think we will achieve more. The, the qualification of a Christ-like heart, you've said it with uh, such simplicity. And like you said, Pastor, uh, I mean, it, it wells out of you. I mean, talking about Adrian and going back to that, 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 that formidable, fundamental experience of your life. Gosh, it seems like when we talk about compassion, it's never left you. Uh, and when we, when we put it, uh, just juxtapose that with your example of how many of us, my, myself included, Pastor Deshaun, the confession time, I get like that, comparing, mm. image, wanting to come across a certain way, and 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 yes, even, even. Totally missing it, what the Lord, is really wanting to do through me. I completely, I I have the action, but the heart is not there. How would, how would I, how would someone, who, when they when they hear you speak. The Holy Spirit gently but firmly and lovingly convicts us and says, hey, let, let, let's get back to the essence of uh, Christ-like leadership, mm -hmm. Christ-like love, the simplicity and the power that is there. How do we get back, Pastor? I think one of the key things is, is having that relationship. You know, some things are very simplistic. Like everybody says, you got to have your devotions, you got to pray, but it's not simplistic. It's your bread and butter. If you don't hear from God, if God doesn't stop becoming real to you, if the only time 
you know you're you're referring to the word of god is because you got to go and say something to somebody else you're going to die on the vine um i love what i learned um, from here here again in hawaii uh when uh, pastor wayne cadero shared with us on the uh, devotions the life journal right now again i'm not saying this is the only method everybody has their own but for me it really worked he talked about soap you know you you read a portion and you take what god is telling you and for me every day to have something that i can take out and it has soap s o a p you first write the scripture not the text you write the whole scripture then you write the observation what is god saying from that then i write the application and then a prayer mm. uh okay that's just one example but it's that daily and i i want to confess i wish i did it daily i don't do it daily but now what i do is i have started in my computer i go and i fill in all the blanks that i haven't done so i'm i push myself you know and the more i preach like this eight days i'm preaching 11 times so wow. soap has taken a bit of a back seat but but still i'm in the word but mm-hmm. what i'm saying though is you know these simplistic truths of the bible you wonder why god told us to do that why did he say some of these things he said it because he already knows that without it you won't make it you see god knows ahead and 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 what keeps you tender two things i think one is the word of god the second thing is realizing that you are here to do what he wants you to do and you are here because the poor and needy are thirsty and you are a conduit you're some ambassador that god is going to use um i think that keeps that keeps me humble you know why another thing is i know myself i'm great in front of people you give me a microphone i can look good you know i'm a i'm a third generation preacher's kid uh i i've seen a lot but i'll tell you what really keeps me is i know how filthy i was i know how weak i still am i know that you know man i'm just a sinner saved by grace uh, you won't believe how many times i pray and say lord forgive me lord cleanse me lord clean my mind you know before i go to preach i mean my biggest prayer is keep this vessel pure you see god can use any vessel he'll use the damaged one he'll use a smashed up one he'll use a cracked one he can use a beat up one but there's one vessel god can never use and that's a dirty one you see if we are going to be unclean god can never use us right that's why he died on the cross that's why he's only son because that's how important the purity that he gives us the righteousness comes from him that's why i'm washed in the blood and if i can keep my vessel clean right my vessel right god can use me so my, what i strive to do and i'm going the long way in answering your question but how what i strive to do is i try to be in a place always that i know my vessel is clean you know um that's something something we have to be responsible for mm-hmm. you talk about discipline and that seems to be one of the main underlying threads or themes mm-hmm. even in our time together today uh, the disciplines that you learn um but it's something we need to conscientiously not only observe the need of it but we need to 
to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And um, as you're listening today, where are you? You know, on the on the spectrum of your own uh, life and uh, the cleanness of your heart and the, the rightness of your heart. Now, these are questions that that I ask. I ask myself. I have to. Because uh, it's so easy for me. Uh, many times uh, slip and need to uh, confess before the Lord, just like Pastor Deshaun has mentioned. But, you know, the, the one thing that, that I think really touches us is the, the level of transparency that Pastor Deshaun, by which he has shared. And, of course, it's... I think in many ways characteristic with the Good Life Hawaii radio show, authenticity, authentic faith, authentic Christianity. You know, there are believers that live the Christian life in other parts of the world. They don't live 21st century American Christianity, Christian culture. Uh, it, it's quite different. And, and here today we have an opportunity to get a glimpse of the quality and kind of life of faith that is lived specifically in Sri Lanka. Pastor Dishan, share with us about, you talk about persecution. We touched on it earlier. What is it really like? And how are Christians responding? How are leaders responding? The persecution in Sri Lanka has been on for a while. Like I said, we had the war with terrorism and uh, um, hand in hand it would go you know and one's up one's down but the persecution of the church has been around for a few years I'd say in the last so many years almost 400 churches were either attacked or beaten pastors uh, even some pastors killed um, one one pastor and his wife uh, went visitation on their motorcycle with their 10 year old son they came in the evening, parked the bike, another motorcycle came alongside, shot the pastor, shot the wife. Um, the pastor died on the spot. And the wife, the bullet missed her spinal column by two or three millimeters. They couldn't even take it out because it's so close. Anyway, the, the, the fact of the matter is, today she limps, but she's the pastor of the church. She takes it on. She goes. The church is moving on. So we're seeing a whole resurgence of uh, seeing whether this Christianity really works. Pastor Deshaun talks about this woman and others who would say, if Jesus is worth living for, he is also worth dying for. That's the reality of their faith and courage. Inspiration from Deshaun Wikra Maratni. Peopleschurch.lk, my friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, I believe this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live for more resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Exodus 15, verse 2, The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Thank you to Deshaun Wickra Maratni, peopleschurch.lk. 
Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, creative director, Brian Torres, web designer, Shana Kusumoto, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with the good life.